Hey, Joey. Hey, Misfit. Hey. Hello. Hello. We are without Steve this podcast because, uh, well, I, I wanted to see if we can get something a little different. I asked some of the other other friends and co-hosts uh, what we could do. And yes, Misfit came up and like, I want to talk about Pokemon. So we're like, all right, we're talking about Pokemon this time. Because uh, the recent Pokemon Legends Arceus came out. And I believe that's probably what has gotten Misfit interested in discussing Pokemon. Is that correct? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, now I've played a decent amount of hours of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I imagine you have too. How about you, Joy? Have you been playing that or have you not yet? I haven't. Um, I have not gotten my hands on it. So my uh, my perspective is solely going to be, uh, you know, mostly on, on nostalgia and, um, you know, and Sword and Shield, I guess. So, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I've I, I got, I've got some words. I've got some words. <laughs> so that, that is like, what, what exactly was on your mind, if you can remember, Misfit, when you wanted to talk about Pokemon? Like, what, what specifically? Like, it sounds like there was something you were very displeased about. Well, I want to so before we start with what we displeased, I because you know, can't be, you can't put one sugar on the side of the table without the salt. Um. <laughs> I what I like about the current game is that like it's finally a nod that they need to kind of change up their formula. I mean, we're eight generations in, and we know there's going to be a ninth. It's not an if there's going to be a ninth. It's a when there's going to be a ninth generation. And you know that it's getting it's it's getting kind of stale. Like you know, it's you pick your starter, you go on some routes, you fight some rivals. You do some gym battles. You go. You try to save the world from an egotistical bad guy who's who's counting on a ten year old to solve all his problems. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of got and like they've done something to change it up. Like for example, in Galar in the Latin like Sword and Shield, they had many different rivals of different types. And I will always be the Hop defender who believes that Hop's character arc was better than what we got in say Sun and Moon. Am just. <laughs> Um, he doesn't have to be a asshole rival to be a good rival. He just, you know, has to be acknowledged that he is a rival. The point is, it's that Pokemon has been sitting in their stew because it's a stew. Everybody know that they know that their audience is a bunch of crazy cat ladies that will buy whatever they want because they're cat, because they're cute cats that everybody likes to buy. And... I'm sorry, yeah. I've never heard the Pokemon fandom referred to as a bunch of crazy cat ladies. Um, dude, dude, I can go into that for you. But, no, but no, 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 please don't, please don't. We... <laughs> I just think uh, that with Arceus, it's a, it's, a, it's a new breath of fresh air. It allows them to, like, give them, like, you know, work with what they already got. Like, with the, and, like, like, build on their already like established lore and like do different types of like battles and scenery and stuff like i like the fact that in this one um certain things are different because it wasn't invented yet yes that's actually 
One of the interesting things, it's actually amusing in a lot of ways when you first go in there and it's like, wait a minute, you just caught three Pokemon in a row? That's amazing. But we're only going to increase your star rank if you can catch like, you know, like uh, two dozen Pokemon. Like, like the, the for some reason, the, the, the stakes, the, the requirements for you are so much higher when everyone else is like, yay, I might have caught a Weedle today or a Weedle equivalent. Um because like you're just because you come from a time where everyone's just catching Pokemon left and right, you're this kind of prodigy of catching Pokemon, and it is interesting because it really does shift the focus on catching multiple Pokemon rather than just like a like one of each type kind of a thing. Like it really is about okay, just go, just catch, just catch multiples of them and get bonus experience if you got like half a dozen of these guys. Like just keep catching the Pokemon, just keep catching them all. Um, and it is interesting a little bit in that way. Oddly enough, after a little over a dozen hours, I'm already starting to feel a little worn on it. Like it's interesting seeing a lot of people be like, "Oh man, I'm totally addicted to this game," and I really like. It's really relaxing, really enjoyable. But at the same time, it really still is, despite quality of life changes, it's like, okay, new zone, who dis, new zone, uh, what what Pokemon are in here? And I guess I'm going to do the same thing I did in the previous zone. And in some ways, it's like, well, bro, that's just video games, right? That's just role-playing games, right? But at the other hand, it's like, it's really wearing on me this this far in um actually i should have started with that so for pokemon how long have you got like where was your starting point for you guys because for me i was that you know i was perfectly middle school aged when red and blue hit like when the anime aired and shortly after they released red and blue on the game boy so i was like right there at the very beginning kind of a thing um yeah same. you're the same all right yeah, uh, I, Ms. Um, except I was in elementary school, you know, I, I still had the big gray brick Game Boy with... Uh, with oh, the, yeah, we had the, two of them. Yeah, with the, um, uh, what's it called? Because, uh, you know, like with the old Game Boy, you, you had to, uh, like, the, the, the little battery door uh, would always, like, break, so you'd have to tape it on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I, uh, I played a lot of Blue... Um, I believe that was that was my tenth birthday. I got Pokemon Blue, um, and then I got Yellow. You know, about a year after ish, um, and then I fell off of it until uh, Diamond and Pearl, which was like seven years after the fact. Like I was, I was like seventeen, uh, maybe even eighteen at the time. Honestly, um, and I just picked it up on a whim, and I fell in love with the franchise again. Um, but so that, that was my thing. Like I got, um, I never got gold and silver. Uh, I never got, uh, uh, Ruby and Sapphire, uh, and what was it? Emerald. Yeah. Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. And yeah. I, I never got red, leaf, red, fire, red, leaf, green, crystal. I didn't get any of those. Um, I skipped right to diamond and pearl, which was like, you know, what, two, three generations later. Uh, yeah. Three generations later. So I never experienced the burnout when I was a kid. Um, and then I kind of kept up with it, but would skip over the, um, like the remakes. Uh, I skipped over yeah. heart gold and soul silver, kicking myself for that in, rep in retrospect. 
I'd love to. I was in college, dude, and like the Popa Walker would be perfect. Uh, but you know, <laughs> and uh, I got I got black and white. Never got black and white too. Um, you know, I, I I was never consistent with it. I, like I got X and Y, didn't get Sun and Moon, uh, didn't get Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, uh, and then I got Sword and Shield, and I and then I got upset. <laughs> oh, well. It's- it's funny that you say that because I was actually not very different despite being a few years older. Cause like I got red and blue paid, played the crap out of, um, well, mostly red. I think I started playing blue myself cause it was originally going to be like the same game for me and my sister. And then we discovered it only had one save file. So my mom begrudgingly went back to Funko land to get a copy of blue. Uncle uh, land. Peace, Funko land. Yep. Funko land. Uh, it would inevitably, it would be the Funko Land that would become GameStop on my first day wet working there. Wait, wait, wait! Um, Are you talking about Funko Land? Just a nor- just a random name before Funko Pops just blew up, or Funko no, Land that's, was that's a what used, to be GameStop. used game store. Yeah, it used to be. Well, GameStop used to be a lot of things. Um, oh yeah. Um, so there, there was uh, um, that's, like Babbage's, and then it became yeah, Funko Babbage's, Land. Software, right et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Babbage's um, and. And then Funko Land and Game, and then Electronics Boutique, and then, uh, then GameStop. It was all GameStop, yeah. Um, but no, like I was similar in that, like, because I, I think I bought a used copy of Silver when I was uh, working there, but I didn't play much of it. Um, and then I just never got Ruby Sapphire. Uh, don't think I got Fire Red and Leaf Green either. And I picked up Diamond and Pearl and was like, ah, maybe I'm Pokemoned out. Um, but Black and White, and again, skip Black and White too, but Black and White and X and Y, I played through both of those and finished both of those. Um, but then Sun and Moon uh, didn't get very far, and Sword and Shield really didn't get very far. So at that, like, I was starting to wonder, I was like, should I just hold back on Pokemon for a while? But. Arceus was the one that out that seemed interesting, and I think it is a step in the right direction. Um, but before we get further into that, uh, Miss Fit, how about how your journey with Pokemon began? Well, da, 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 da. um, technically, I I watched my brother play Violet Red and Grief Green, but I didn't actually play a tangible Pokemon game until like. Ho- the Hoenn region, so like, um, it, I I fell in love mostly with Emerald. That was like my tangible. I beat it all by myself, ma. Game, and then <laughs> and then I started getting into Diamond and Pearl. I, like me and my brother would always do the thing where like, if one of us bought one version of the game, the other person would buy the other version of the game. So he would get Diamond and I would get Pearl. What was after Diamond and Pearl? Was it Unova? I don't it forget. Was black. And white, unless there's some like yeah, it was special red. edition. Well, like, I was interested in black and white, but for some weird reason, I didn't. I didn't get the games. I don't know why. It's not like I was out of it. I guess I just had didn't have the money at the time. I also skipped X and Y for some odd reason. I don't know, but I got back <laughs> at, again, and um, with Alola. Yeah, after Kalos is a little Sun and Moon, then okay. Yeah, and I got in, and then I had the bright idea to buy Ultra Moon, but barely played it. Like I, I beat it again, and then I was like, that was when I was like the first time I was like, wait a minute, this is a scam. This is basically the same game, <laughs> but more. I forgot that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out. Yep, 
They were a thing too. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that, and I'm like, mm, come on, guys. And I was like, come on. <laughs> so then I started, like, doing a lot of the spinoffs. Like, I played, like, Pokemon Go when that was a thing. And I liked the walking aspect. Um, That didn't last long, but I liked the walking aspect. Um, <laughs> I was I was thinking of playing, like, some of the other, like, Pokemon mobile games. But I just, my, my, my phone was like, nope, it's, we're going to die if you play anything more powerful than Tetris. So, um, I decided to, oh, I did play Pokemon Rangers, man, or in the Mystery Dungeon series. Those, those two spinoffs were. Okay, look, yeah. Oh, those two I were the shit. I forgot about the spinoffs for a bit. Because um, that's the thing, like, it's interesting, like, because that's one of the things I wanted to go back to. Um, and what I think is very important when it comes to the evolution of the Pokemon series, in those videos, because then I linked to both of you, one by Foxcade and one recent one by Bryhard, both YouTubers, um. And one of the things that they both point out that I think a lot of people need reminder of is Pokemon is owned by the Pokemon Company, which mm-hmm. is partially owned, yes, by Game Freak Creatures, Nintendo. And it's like it's like a Hulu conglomerate kind of a deal. It's its own but thing. it's also its own entity too. Yeah. It's like basically these different companies are shareholders, but the Pokemon Company is also just the Pokemon Company. It's one of the reasons you over the past couple of years haven't seen as many Pokemon announcements in Nintendo Direct presentations. They've been on the Pokemon channel with their very own information. Like yeah, it- and there's all kinds of stuff you see, like the anime shorts and the Bidoof's Big Adventure or whatever. Like th- Pokemon is more than the video games. And what Bryhard and Foxcade really helped put into perspective was video games are not the majority of what makes Pokemon money. It's true. One and oops, point out that one reason I kind of actually like this direction that Pokemon does and the fact that they can, like, it shows the strengths of owning your IP in a way is like, if any of you guys watch Detective Pikachu. Did you guys yes. notice in Detective oh, yeah. Pikachu there were no third party ads in it? Not in the movie. There were I you know how like in those types of movies you you expect like like this was in comparison to like the Sonic movie that came out like a few months after. And while I love the Sonic movie, there were so many in movie like ads, like the Olive Garden ad. Oh my god, the Olive Garden ad. And like all these like what's it called? Subliminal messaging, all these subliminal messages. But like in the Pokemon movie, there were none. None yeah, at all. Really yeah, like there weren't even like references to like modern pop yeah. culture or anything. Product like that. They kept it very self-contained. There, the word is yeah. product places. Yeah, there was nothing. There was no product places, and I expected that from like a kids movie, more or less a Pokemon movie. So like that shows the power of how Pokemon on its own can just carry its carry its franchise if it get, if it throws enough money at something. So like they do, it shows that they don't need product placement or some type of third-party ad to get by on their own, hence why they've been pulling out of, like, directs and stuff. That being said, it's and the reason I brought up this whole conversation in the first place is that it's all the more damning when the stuff they do do is subpar because they're like, well, Pokemon, because they're too big to fail. Oh, Pokemon is, po- they'll buy it because it's Pokemon. You don't gotta try. Gotta try them all. (laughs) I think it's a combination of things because I think part of it is whoever is running the Pokemon company, and it it probably started way earlier. Like, again, like how long 
after red and blue until they had the yellow version where Pikachu's behind you, right? Um, as a tie into the anime. And then after silver and gold, there was crystal, right? They started to have these regular releases until, yeah, that's like, why does Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon exist? Because at that point, Pokemon had already beat Call of Duty to the trend of having a new one every year. And multiple um, versions of the same game. Remember, they're like one of the effectively they're, yes. They're one of the few companies that can pull off the we're selling you two copies or even three copies of the same generation of games, and you're gonna buy all three because there are there are super fans who will buy all three versions of the generations when you're there. Where mechanically you're supposed to only buy one to share. That's like that's what they claim. The reason they have multiple versions is to like have like a brother or a sister and. But you could yeah. be a loner and just buy all three, like some kind of weird hobo. Or even if you have a sibling, you might lack a link cable like we did. We didn't have a link cable. I relied on friends, um, which was kind of pointless then when we got each a copy of Red and Blue and we didn't have a link cable. So, um, but no, that that was, that, that that's true. And they even continued that into Sword and Shield. I was wondering if they, and technically even, yeah, Brilliant Diamond and Shine and Pearl. Oh, they definitely did. Except, except they were they were way more uh, sinister about it because because really both versions of the game are on the same card, but there's there, there's like a there's like a switch that's that's in whichever version that says like yeah. okay it's this version. So it's like you actually have both, and they they didn't dare to sell you both in the same package, which is until Platinum mm. came in and you basically bought both with Platinum. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, I don't know if that's how it was on the DS, but on with a new one, it is. Well, yeah, it has to be at least somewhat true, regardless. Like they're they're all operating on the same base data, who yep. like and and they have to have all the Pokemon data on there. So whatever differences are basically a switch kind of a thing. Like it's honestly been a sinister move as far as you can consider. And it got a lot of criticism even when Pokemon was brand new, right? Like, I remember, yeah. again, and again, when I was working at GameStop, I remember hearing parents complain. It's like, oh, these greedy companies making you buy the same game twice. And, of course, you know, behind the counter, it's like, or you buy one copy of the game and their friend buys another copy of the game, but you don't want to insinuate their child has no friends. Um, so or it's it this. <laughs> Sorry, go so ahead. I actually got to bring this up because I, I have um way back in the day when I was when I was a wee lad, uh, I used to get Nickelodeon magazine. Right, they every now and then they would have articles that would be a game review, and they actually had one for Pokemon Yellow, and they said it was a complete waste of money. And in retrospect, sure, um, but at least it was like you know special Pikachu edition, and uh, so Pikachu it, it was, got to follow you enough. What was that? I said Pikachu got to follow you, just like in the show. Yeah, and you could, and in in, in, a, in just the most bit crushed sound, the most bit crushed voice you'd ever hear would say his name. Which oh, was hilarious. yeah, I remember was, that. I forgot about that. It sounds so yeah. awful, low quality. Yeah, dude, it was it was horrendous. It was you know Game Boy Color, uh, but yeah, that was um this like. It was it was essentially common knowledge that you know these were not uh, these were not technically different games when they came out. Um, parents knew that, but because kids wanted them, they they would you know they would give them what they wanted. Um, 
and you know there, there would be there would be siblings there would be friends and you know you, you'd want to you'd want to have the the version that's either the same or different you know uh it was it was an interesting time but it was also just kind of wild looking back on it how how people how regular people that weren't into video games didn't understand pokemon so on and so forth could see through the bs it's it's interesting it's interesting to think about yeah and yet the games managed to succeed and i honestly it really is i don't know about in japan but i know in america at least part of what really worked was the fact that the anime released a little bit ahead of time the anime released a little bit ahead of the um the game and so people were able to watch the show which of course had commercials for the game and were totally now just sucked in um yep. oddly enough i, I actually f- i found out about the about pokemon like a year or two before it came to the west when it was either egm or game pro had an article that was talking about like pocket monsters big wave in uh japan but right now like they, they like we have no idea if they have plans to bring this into america um cuz nintendo was very tight lipped at the time and again this was not nintendo power cuz nintendo power did not discuss anything that was not confirmed to be being brought over to america they really a so, lot of japanese gaming companies are really good about keeping their mouth shut yeah um and and, and you know it, it, it's kind of a good point that because uh, i remember hearing that the anime did uh did kind of hit before the games actually came out at least in the u.s uh, yeah. I remember that being a thing because that that was kind of how I first heard about it. I was watching the show with my cousins when I was a kid, um, and and then eventually I got. I might have even gotten some of the Pokemon cards before I even got Blue on Game Boy. That that might have actually been a thing, but I I can't remember that anymore. And I, I got I got that I got that Alzheimer's boy. I'm I'm starting to lose my mind. <laughs> No, I got the card game as well. And that's the thing, again, like we're talking about merchandising and that really is like when you look at the bulk of Pokemon's money, things like the card game is one of them. But even then, like, do you know how many like toys, plushes, blankets and bed sheets and everything like there is and stationary and backpacks like not like. I'm like I'm I'm kind I mean, I'm part of that group. I don't buy everything Pokemon, but like if if I like buy something like some kind of like stationary set well look at me going with stationary as my example and i want to like if it has <laughs> if it happens to have like a cute like like but sophisticated pokemon like idea um then i'll buy it speaking of like okay this is gonna sound more sexual than it is but like you know what about like oh, god more like adult gifts like wine but pokemon themed or um yeah that's a thing that is indeed a thing is it yeah, I'm pretty sure in Japan that is a thing. Like you can. Did get I just hear keyboard more. like immediate like Google search or? <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, I, I like like anime in general has a tendency to like they they they're really good at catering to like they know that their their animation is pretty much for everyone. They see it as more of a medium to tell different types of stories. So it's very it's, so it's very so it's very common to like have different types of gifts or things they make for every age group. So like they even Pokemon has hit like, like people our age and stuff like that with 
specific gifts and stuff like shoes. Okay, okay, more one more common one like Nike shoes or something like that. You know. Yep. Like tennis shoes. I'm, I could I'm not like, find Pokemon Wine on Google, so it does not yet exist. Yeah, but that we know of. <laughs> Pokemon flavored um, alcohol, which I mean, other than like mixed drinks, you can make up yourself. But no, that actually is it would be genius. Except again, this is a family friendly. Uh, it is a family friendly company, but you know, it, it, this if if that kind of product existed, I would expect it more in in Japan than in the U.S. For sure. Yeah. Um, it definitely would because. Too. Yeah, it, like, like, dude, I'm, I'm not gonna say look for this, but I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, feminine hygiene products are branded with Pokemon, like in Japan. I, that, that's yeah, and that, that's that's probably a thing. And I, I like how, how we're not laughing about that because that's that is the power of Pokemon's merchandising. Like, like they they go far with it. Um, there are just random things that that you can find that will be branded with Pokemon. And you, and honestly, you don't even have to go that go that far to find them, or you don't have to look very hard. You you can find them pretty easily. Like there's that Pokemon store in Japan. Um, well, there's probably more than one. I'm sure there started to be one in America, but then it just became the Nintendo store. Yeah, That's the one in New York. New York. Yeah, yeah, the one in New York. It was originally a Pokemon Center, quote unquote, but then they just made a Nintendo store. Didn't we go there, Chris? I feel like we went there. Did we go to New York? I remember going to New York. Maybe it must have been so long ago. I don't remember. I know I went to New York with people, and I went to the Nintendo World store with people. I do not remember. It's all too muddled. I'm too old. I got Alzheimer's. (laughs) Well, let's make let's take a trip to New York and let's go to the Pokemon store. I mean, there we go, and buy some Pokemon. There we go. There we go. That sounds like a trip to me. Capitalism, Um, ho! And get some New York pizza while we're there, boy. Oh yeah, um, but no, anyway. the the I do think that is one of those things though, because it's like even though technically Pokemon generates a heck of a lot of money, most of that money is probably not going into the development of the games. It's probably going into the development of more TV shows. More again, look at the animated shorts that are on YouTube, right? Like, on YouTube um, are hella tight. I'm not gonna lie, they're pretty good. They are high quality. Like if you're someone who hates. Okay, this is an advertisement. I'm, I'm helping them because their TV shows are pretty good. If you're someone who has, or who was not a big fan of the of the anime currently going on, but then again, the current anime is actually pretty good. Like Pokemon Evolutions is goddamn tight. It's more taking place in the game universe and all that shit. And then there's Poketoons, which they try different art styles and stuff like that. So like. They they are definitely putting their money into like diversifying their brand and stuff. Though they should not do the whole Hollywood crossover with singers again. I think that was kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moment you bring in Hollywood, it's just they just get their grubby little sinister hands on them. The Ryan Reynolds voice of Pikachu. Yeah. But that's actually um, the funny thing is more people probably know Detective Pikachu the movie than the actual game that spawned the character. No, that spawned the idea. No, you don't think nah, so? it's you, you because it's well. It's you first of all. You chose Pikachu like out of all of them. Like yeah. in terms of everybody like, knows I, Pikachu. No, 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 no. I'm. But that's the thing. Like the game Detective Pikachu that came before the movie. Oh, I guarantee that, oh. You, okay, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, like people don't know, like probably don't know that game as much as they know the movie. 
And yeah, by making it Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds, you're going to get like people that haven't even played the games for years looking at that and being like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. That's memeable. Let's go see it with our kids. You know, like it's 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 like it was one. I think I brought it up when me because me and Steve saw it with his kids. And it is one of those like, OK, this is a really interesting, you know, crossing the generations like bridging the gap between generations because it's like i grew up with pokemon now his kids are growing up with pokemon and here's this thing that feels perfectly crafted for all of us sitting in there um and i'm surprised we haven't already seen something about a new detective pikachu movie because i'm pretty sure they want to do more of those live action films and i'm all on board i loved the look of the like they nailed the look of those pokemon in that movie like it looks good to watch um, yeah they, they put a they put efforts in the in the right place it was easily one of the best video game adaptations i've seen yeah and, that... um... oh go ahead sorry go ahead no no you go after you ramble okay <laughs> well that but that i was just going to again remind us like even though the video games are basically on a annual release they do have spinoffs like you said the mystery dungeon uh, the Pokemon Rangers and stuff. They do have spinoffs. The aforementioned Detective Pikachu. They have spinoff games, but I feel like Game Freak, and it's again the point raised by the, the, the two YouTube channels, Game Freak doesn't really have a lot of time or ability to experiment. And they, again, did kind of curse themselves with the gotta catch them all, having to make new ones each generation, and yet they have to keep making new ones in order to keep that brand growing right like it's one of those areas where i think people want a lot out of a out of this game but it's like basically they need to be free to make a game without the pokemon company really breathing down their neck for more material and i think maybe that's also one of the things that is happening because brilliant diamond and shining pearl i to my surprise was not game freak that remake was handled by another company um and as pointed out, no, it still has sense. technical issues. It still has technical issues. So it's part of it really is the schedule that they have to keep. Um, but even then, giving them more time, giving them more, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like I, I, I guess I just look at the Pokemon company wanting to keep having more anime, more shows, and more toys. And therefore, can you really keep going back to the red and blue well because most of the merchandising does seem to be red and blue. Um, or like, like, like basically, I guess before I propose my thoughts on a potential future for Pokemon that might work out better, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Like for you, like, again, Le Legends Arceus for you guys is a step forward. But in my mind, I'm not so sure. It's a nice little sidetrack, but it doesn't seem to hit all the things it needs to hit that are now expected of this franchise. So I'm curious in your thoughts, like where from here would you guys think to take Pokemon? So I guess I'll start with you, Misfit. I think it's a coin toss because it also, it also kind of factors into Nintendo's opinion. Cause again, while I love Nintendo games, I've been a Nintendo girl since I was very, very, very young. One of my biggest criticisms of Nintendo as like a shareholder and a company itself is that they always chase new things to the point to their detriment, the point where they'll throw away perfectly good, almost revolutionary ideas because that was the last game 
and now this is the new game. We must do something new. And there's so many good, cool quality of life issues in here that make sense because of the time period. But I'm scared that they're going to get rid of a lot of these quality of life issues in the next game because it's not new anymore. And Pokemon, while they are now there, while they are definitely been more their own agents away from Nintendo, they still kind they still kind of adopt that ideology sometimes. So it does feel like it, yeah. Yeah. So I think the first thing, okay, the first thing that let's get the elephant out of the room. The thing that need that needs to change that never changes is the graphics. Like <laughs> it's like it, this is the one excuse. This is the one part of all the things that I feel like Pokemon has no absolute excuse for. Like it's like, and I mean like aesthetics and like how people like walk and walking animations and stuff like that. Like, why do we still have this in 2022 with the most lucrative IP in the world? Why do we still have, like, like the landscape? Does, the landscape looks like something from P, from the PS1 era. And I know that, like, the models, the actual models did seem that they tried. It does seem to look better than Sword and Shield, but a lot of other, a lot of anything looks better than Sword and Shield. And the trees, man, the trees are copy and paste in this game. I, I cannot ignore that. I keep looking at it. Normally, I'm like a <laughs> gameplay over graphics person, but man, even I'm like, this looks like this looks like when I play Wolf Quest, and I and I'm not trying to dog on Wolf Quest. Wolf Quest is a fun game, but it's not the prettiest. I just think that. There's a lot of, that's what I'm, those are the two things I'm scared of. I'm scared of that they're just being complacent because Pokemon is Pokemon and they will always sell no matter what they, what they put out. And B, I'm scared they're going to get rid of all the perfectly good things they did do that made it revolutionary in this game. Like, like being able to change your name, Pokemon's name, whatever the fuck you want. You don't need to go to a move tutor or a name raider or you could just, you could just buy your, because you know, the move tutor wasn't invented yet. I mean, there is a tutor, is there's a trainer, but you know what I mean. You could yeah. just do things on the fly. They're gonna. I'm scared they're gonna get rid of all of that in the mainline game, or like they're not going to adopt this in the mainline games, or in the next Legends game, which I hope there's another Legends game. There's gonna take do away all this simply because it's not new anymore. So we need to try a new idea. So yeah. No, I actually definitely get what you mean in a lot of regard for that too, because. Yeah, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Um, so I do find it funny though, because in a lot of ways, Arceus looks better than Sword and Shield. But I think for me, the environments don't necessarily. But I like the colors in Sword and Shield better, if that makes sense. Like maybe I like the lighting engine better, because things look a bit more flat to me in Arceus. Um, but yeah, it's like they they both like they both look inferior in different ways though like they both look like is this really on a switch like and is this really locked at 30 frames a second when it looks like this like it's really kind of weird to consider like what do these games look like on this level of hardware and why game free because that's the thing like even on the when their 2d sprites never felt last gen like, the 2D sports, even when they were lagging behind a bit, when everyone else is 3D, there was a lot of really good craft in those sprites. Um, at least, 
I should say at least for when they hit the Game Boy and the DS especially. When they hit the DS especially. Um, but Joey, how about you? Like, where would you see Pokemon from here? Like, what what are your thoughts in that regard? So, <clears throat> kind of what I'm thinking is that, like, because we have Pokemon Legends Arceus now, okay? Uh, Misfit said that this this could be a new series of games. And I like the idea of it. I still haven't played it, but uh, but I, I like how it mixes things up. Has some familiar, has some new, um, and that that is indeed a step in the right direction. And what I like from what I'm hearing is that it isn't perfect. So it, it sounds like they can put effort into the next Legends game if they do. But because they do have to keep Pokemon constantly in the public conscious. I mean, I would hate for them to do this, all right. But they they could they could go the Call of Duty route, and they can you know have other studios um, work on games to you know pump them out, right? They they just did that with the um, uh, with the remaster or, or the, yeah with the remake of uh, Diamond and Pearl, um, which personally I like. Uh, I I picked up Diamond because I used to have Pearl. Um, I'm I'm a lot happier with Diamond than I am with with Shield <laughs> because <laughs> it it just feels a lot less in my way. It's like they told me the mechanics early in the game, and they're like, "Okay, the world's your oyster, have fun. Go go beat the gym leaders and get and beat the elite four, yada yada, and get the legendaries." I um I was happy about that because I felt that the other ones were handholding. I want them to go back to that. Um. But I, I kind of want the mainline series to, I, I think maybe, they, like, they could probably more easily go back to the Game Boy sensibilities if they if they went back to, you know, sprites or, or maybe even, you know, uh, drawn artwork with some, with, with animations, right? I, I think that could, that could work in their favor. Or, or better yet... They can hit up Square Enix, use that HD 2D engine, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Hit that up. I think that, that would be pretty Switch? cool. Would that fit on the yeah. Switch, though? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that art would. Um, oh, yeah. The, the HD 2D that's engine, not a bad I mean, way they're to using it for um, Dragon Quest 3. Or four? A Dragon Quest three remake, uh, yeah, Square Enix yeah. is doing that. The, li- the 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 live alive remake that was just announced yesterday, um, gorgeous. It is a gorgeous appearing. Yeah, it, it does look great. Um, and it's I think Pokemon because, could look cool in that, but you know, it could. And I think they're probably too proud things, to hit them up. One of the things that puts me against a lot of because a lot of people were eager to see full console release Pokemon game, what it would look like and everything. Um, Cause everyone always wants like the latest and greatest kind of a thing. But for me, when I saw brilliant diamond and shining pearl, and it's funny cause I heard some people criticize the look of it. But to me, I love that look, but it's because it's the perfect translation of the super Nintendo JRPG art style that I grew to love JRPGs with. Like, that's, to me, it's like, oh, this is what Final Fantasy should look like today. Not whatever overblown, overpriced, realistic. Except, no, granted, I say that with 16 looking really good. So uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit hypocritical. 
But like, if you were to remake a Final Fantasy VI, I'd ra- like I would rather Final Fantasy VII remake look like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl uh, than what it looks like. Um, but that puts me on, you know, the unpopular opinion side. Oh, care- but, careful, Chris! Remember, remember the Secret of Mana remake. Never forget. Uh, these Trials of Mana look like a good remake. Like, I don't know what was going on with the Secret of Mana remake. I, I really don't. Good point. Good point. Thanks for <laughs> reminding me that that happened. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but for me, I guess when I look at... So this is something I thought for a while about after you brought up the idea of... The, and even watching those videos too. Like I started to sit back and think about like... Because there's a lot of questions raised. How do you make... How do you keep the hardcore game fans happy, both that want to put a lot of time into raising their Pokemon. And then those that want to really compete, those that just want to walk around catching them, collecting packages, the ones that want the full Pokedex and stuff, but also have a way to keep releasing new content, keep putting out new Pokemon, keep parody parody with the media, the greater media blitz and I came to the uncomfortable conclusion that the best solution for a future Pokemon game that can make everyone happy, or at least get as close as possible, would be a Pokemon live service game. Oh, he said oh, the no. words. He said, I said the, the words. He said the I can't words. be the first person to put this out because I remember being in high school uh, when like silver and gold were like new and people were already contemplating what a Pokemon MMO would look like. So this kind of an idea is not new and I'm not the only person that would say it. I mean, and again, all... trust me, trust me, part of me hates myself, but it's like, it makes sense where your base release has X number of Pokemon and then you have regular expansions and those expansions are a combination of catching up to missing Pokemon, new zones, and in those new zones, new Pokemon, and new whatever to tie in with whatever the anime you're doing, whatever the movie you're doing. Is this a good idea? And I don't know because on paper, and also here's a part of the problem too, like even if you make it a bit more like Legends Arceus with its open world, how many players are you going to have in a zone? Like, how many players do you want people to interact with, period, considering, again, we're talking a family-friendly game. And if you go to any place like, what is it, Club Penguin, Roblox, where they all have, like, notoriously predatory people lingering Or just there, asshole people who will just, or just jerks, randomly yeah. say the N-word just because it's the funny thing to say. <laughs> so you, you, you have that complication but it's like maybe if it's a world where you can group up with friends and something like granted you would get rid of the you would get rid of the element where you're you're no longer catching exclusive pokemon to your version because it's kind of dumb to have a sort of well because now i'm wondering if you take the pokemon go uh what is it group like league or whatever you join? Like it's mystic and blue and red. Like, I don't remember them all blue, red, oh, yellow Pokemon go. Yeah. Like um, if you choose an origin and a live service game where that determines like 
your starting zone or certain elements that maybe you get Pokemon, others don't, so you have to trade with them. Um, but that's the thing, like, is that a way to keep Pokemon alive? But the first, like, the first thing you'd have to do is create a good, solid base. But, oh, wait, this is probably going to be a Switch-only game, so are, are players going to be able to transfer accounts to a new Nintendo system, as well as their game data, like, all that stuff will have to buy the game again, um... And again, do you rely on expansion pass sales or do you rely on a subscription? Like, what are the things that you would rely on for these things? Because, like, if, and I hate that I'm saying this again, but it's like, it actually in some ways makes a business level of sense and a game design sense to put Pokemon into a live service model to try and hit what everyone wants because otherwise there is no way i can see reasonably making a new pokemon game that literally has every pokemon available to be caught and as a result there's always going to be disappointment there's always going to be this that the other thing and there's also just and again with, with legends arceus it feels fine for a single player game but if i were to want to create a team that i can compete with like that's one of the things, and, and I agree with again Foxcade in that video where it does feel like there's not a lot of real raising and bonding with the actual Pokemon in these games. There's not enough Harvest Moon, so to speak, in these games. Rebuttal so, to that there, is there really isn't. My rebuttal to that though is that I like the gameplay loop of just being able to just catch your Pokemon on the fly, and it's it's more from a re like. The game, like in terms of like what it set out to do, like you're a re you're someone helping out a research team create the first ever Pokedex. There's a lot of like things that you can kind of say, okay, I understand that from. Like if you're, I feel like if you do go in with the emotion of oh, I want to make competitive, or I want to, I feel like with Arceus, there's a very specific goal, or should I say, with the Legend series potential series, is that. It feels like each game is going to have a specific goal. And if this goal is to catch the Pokedex, it because they put limitations on themselves, it kind of solves the issue of, oh, we got to put all 1,000-plus Pokemon in the same game. No, you don't. You just kind of have to... Um, it's the Sinnoh region, or what was originally what could be the Sinnoh region, and therefore... You don't expect like a Galar Pokemon just randomly running around unless they want to do that. I'm just saying as though like if, if this was like a mainline game, I'd understand that angle. But um because this is a spin-off and a potentially hefty one too, I can not trying to be an apologist, but I can, can kind of see the other side of the barn, if you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, and that's the thing with Legends. Legends Arceus, the, it did the smart thing, which was being a spinoff, not being a mainline title. It has a lot of content and allows a lot of room for exploration and allows them to test things out. Like I think one of the better moves is, well, speaking of moves, I mean one of the better moves is you don't forget a move. You swap them out. Like you equip moves, and that actually has great competitive potential because now you can. Um, depending on how they would do it. Like I could see that, like if you're trying to play someone online, you can look at their basic lineup, but then you're allowed to modify your move set 
to like unhidden from like hidden from their eyes to like on the fly to be like okay so these are my base pokemon i'm locked into them but i can switch their moves around so i can capitalize on what i see on their side now and that's great that's an awesome little interesting and it's almost like deck building a deck for a game because now you can set up okay i'm going to have this this move which will work with this move and that'll work with this move you can do like the big brain play kind of a thing right um it allows for that kind of customization so there is stuff in arceus that it's like this stuff would be great to keep into the main series it's like if your point is to experiment here's the success Here's where you know to bring this stuff into the mainline series. But we'll have to see if that happens. And I don't know. I think the I think honestly, if you're gonna do another mainline Pokemon game, it is going to need to have that more than three year separation. These are these are games chunky enough that they need like the four or five years. Cause like like what's it let's like what's an equivalent when it comes to like the the Persona and SMT games, right? They have a bunch Ooh, of demons that they carry over from game to game to game or in per personas in the persona case but it's like you have you have these creatures that are reanimated redone every game um but how many years is it between each one and and that's the thing like people will look at S uh smt like shimigami tensei they'll be like oh it's evil pokemon and they're not wrong but it's like the gap between SMT4 and SMT5 is huge. And so you yeah, weren't might there like need two Persona to... games between SMT4 and 5? Yes, but the Persona team and the SMT teams are different. No, no, um, but I mean like that's that that was how long it's been since SMT4. Is like there've been two Persona games in between that and now um, Shimagami Tensei 5. I don't think so. Uh unless you count Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal as two different Persona games because Persona 4 I'm pretty sure was PS2 originally and SMT4 yes. was 3DS. So SMT4 was 3DS, so SMT4 came after Persona 4. Oh, I didn't realize SMT4 came out on 3DS. Yeah, okay. SMT3 was also PS2 originally, so that came out roughly when Persona 3 and 4 did? Yes, that was somewhere around that era. But then like now you're seeing these games are having really long periods of development. and For, for the mainline ones, though, it's... um. Because you know there was like Persona Q and there's like dancing all night and whatnot. So there there this are a bunch true, of spinoffs yeah. that help that help keep it in the public consciousness. So may, maybe that's more so what Pokemon should adopt. Like I I like how they do like the little remakes here and there that that are that are that are fairly low effort or the or the spinoffs. But like we've also had a lot in the past year. Like we've had. Uh, we've had Pokemon Snap, we've had uh, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and now Arceus. Like that's, that's yeah. There's three a games. lot they've 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 just come out with. Um, yeah, did, did and it makes me wonder. It like, makes me wonder though, to? would the Pokemon Company be okay? Like that's part of the problem. Is like, what is the Pokemon Company going to be okay with? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. Like I'm really uncertain because that's the thing like honestly i don't pay that much attention to what pokemon's doing outside of the games i know that they're doing stuff like produce big day or whatever that was a great animation i haven't actually looked at the other 
uh, at little short anime skits where each one's like a sword and shield character, right? Or it's it's someone from the games, a character from the games, but I've never really paid like I haven't watched any of those. Um, um, the one with Scrafty was pretty was pretty cute. They tried to they tried to like pay homage to the Looney Tunes style of animation in that one. Oh, that's amusing. Cool. So, but that really that's the thing. That. Like it's it's. Like it's a huge prop, and I think that's probably where a lot of other gamers are too, where they forget how how much the Pokemon Company, like the games, are just a portion, and they might, in a sense, lead it, quote unquote, but not. I don't think the games are the driving force. I think the games are just part right. of the momentum now. Um, they're part of the 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 formula because they they want to make sure the games have a new area for the anime to go. They want new Pokemon to be in the anime because all that stuff that's in the anime can then be in the movies and then also be in toys and blankets and birthday party accessories and all the other merch by the merch. Yeah, exactly. By the, because merchandise is where it is like, and that's also a weird thing to realize is holy crap. People keep talking about the next star Wars, the next, this, next, that Pokemon was the next star Wars. Because if Star Wars made it big off of merchandising, then Pokemon, right out the gate, man, Pokemon was the next Star Wars. It's just nobody realized it, maybe? Because it is bigger well, than just about every that, other. Man. And that's possibly part of it, too. Like, this is probably the biggest property in the world, and it doesn't feel like it. It's so weird to say that, but Pokemon does not feel like it is the property that makes as much money as it does. And yet, as you saw, when at least in 2021, Fox Kate 2020 or 2021, I think 2021, Fox Kate made that video, that graph, Pokemon was making more money than Star Wars, was making more money than Marvel, was making more money than like Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Like it's making more money than so many other big media properties. And it's like, wait, really? Pokemon? Like, I knew it was big. I didn't realize it was that big, but it is. I do often wonder where most of those sales come from. Like, I'm wondering how much is in Japan and how much is everywhere else, you know? Um, I imagine... Because I know Pokemon is everywhere in Japan. You will see Pokemon everywhere. I mean, you're right, it is. But even then... I guarantee you, like, when we were in college, there were people that had Pokemon-branded stuff. Now, if you go oh, to yeah. a college today, you go to a college today, there are going to be people with Pokemon-branded stuff. And there's, like, again, my buddy Steve, his kids, they got Pokemon-branded stuff. Like, as if you can buy a kid a Pikachu outfit. Heck, again, you go to a convention, and how many dudes or chicks or whatever are wearing a Pikachu onesie, right? Luckily, it's not like, it's not like what they did with, um, shit, I had a joke with this, but like, it reminded me like, (laughs) never mind, never mind. I lost it. I lost it. (laughs) Goodbye. It was here and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, I mean, I think that is actually one of those things that just really, surprises me whenever i consider pokemon because it's like that franchise that was like oh yeah i really loved the first one when i was a kid 
And I've dabbled in it here and there, but it's like, otherwise it's just, oh yeah, it's that cool thing. It's that cool franchise, that cool property. And then it's like, wait, it makes how much money? And maybe part of it is too, I'm not actually adjacent to any of the frothing fan base that like, I, if, if I didn't see the articles and if I didn't, if I wasn't still on Twitter at the time, like I would have had no clue there was any outrage for sword and shield, not having the entirety of the Pokedex. Right. I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But instead you just see like, there's outrage. There's Dude, what is that? that? I was there danger. for it. It was funny. Be careful. Stranger danger. Hide your kids, hide your wives because the old <laughs> ramble button of pull your, pull your four letters down are going to come and get you. <laughs> Dude, I, I I remember uh clicking on the hashtag campaign Game Freak Lied. I clicked on it and just the things I saw it, like it was absolute madness. And you know, I and this is coming <clears throat> this is coming from someone who ultimately decided after a long time, like I I, I gave the game a fair shake. Um, after a certain amount of time, I was like, you know, I kind of don't like this game. I don't think it's that good. Um, you know, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, but these people were like, they, they wanted, like they had their torches, they had their pitchforks and they went on their tirades. There was just copy pasting all like just, just people's thoughts because they don't have an individual thought for themselves. Um, it was it was insane. It was absolutely nuts. The the amount of hatred these people had in their hearts for a baby game. I can I understand not like a baby game. <laughs> oh, I'm calling it a baby game. It is a baby game, <laughs> especially Sword and Shield. That is particularly a baby game. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, I'm actually going to give it to its cre- the designer's credit because Steve isn't here to bring it up. I think we did bring it up on the podcast before. His youngest that can't even read yet is decently good at Sword and Shield because of the visual uh, interface. Because he's able to tell by looking at colors and other stuff what elements things are whether they're going to be effective or not. Like he's mm-hmm. figured this out off of a visual, like all the visual cues. And this boy can't read. Like he's yeah. too young to read. He's preschool level. And he's that smart. And like, th- sometimes Steve's kids scare me. Like sometimes Dude, they video are games. Like, video games are like, you're performing the scientific method constantly. Like that kid's going to be a genius. Yep. it is frightening because he's one of those youngest that observes his siblings and learns from there like Uh in good and bad like he'll look at their behavior and be like what can i get away with based on what they're doing and it's like (laughs) that's scary that's scary that's 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 the beginnings of something real frightening there but that's that's that that dude's gonna own a bank watch (laughs) that dude's gonna be a bank owner (laughs) that isn't a lot of ways to credit to pokemon because like they they put that focus to make sure that you can be a little kid. This can be your first RPG growing up, and you can understand what you're doing, even if you don't completely understand the characters on the screen. Um, that is something exactly. that I give a lot of major credit to the designers for, and it's probably one of those things that a lot of people don't give enough credit, especially again older fans that have been playing for years and years and are like, I want some more complicated. And it's like, well, I mean, the only thing I wanted was for combat to be sped up a bit. And Arceus does that. And Arceus is mostly still text-based. 
somehow it's still very text-based. It's still telling you just about everything. And yet it feels so much faster paced than any of the Pokemon games prior. Um, that's one of the biggest quality of life improvements for uh, Arceus. That you can keep it moving that quick. Um, but, um, I don't know. I think that's about... I've exhausted my little top. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Again, Misfit, this is your idea, so floor is yours. If there's anything else you wanna you wanna mention, Pokemon. I just think that it can't. It's just again. It's that's the frustration with me. It's not the it's not the idea. It's not the fact that they can come up with all these ideas. It's the fact they can implement these ideas and yet not want to. You know, and act on them more because they they're just they know where they are in the market. They don't need to conform, and that's one thing. But they don't want to invade because they don't have to. I that's I just want to agree again that like I love, I really do like the gameplay loop of Arceus, and it does make me feel good right here in the Cocoron. But I don't. I just it's hard. It gets harder with each game to like try to defend them on basic stuff like, hey, you should go at this miles per hour or. You dropped a bug, or your bug Pokemon rolled rode at twenty five miles an hour. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I just want them to keep improving. Like instead of taking away something, why not just? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna they're, they have to they have to scoop the entire cast of Fire Emblem until like. Why am I talking about Fire Emblem <laughs> randomly? I was gonna say it's like what are we going to Fire Emblem? <laughs> <laughs> I got. I think it's got Fire Emblem on the brain. You know what I'm trying to say. It's like. I mean, I got a buddy we could bring in for another podcast. If you want to talk Fire Emblem? We could. Sh- we could just shop Fire Emblem. We could do that. Oh, <laughs> we that's do that so much episode. brain work. But it's not, all I want to say <laughs> about Pokemon is that that's just they need to stop being how it is and start actually figuring out like how to actively, you know, be um work um keep what they got in their community. Okay. I can see, I can see all that. Um, I don't think they're taking as much advantage as a lot of people would suspect of their place in the market, like knowing that people will buy the game regardless. Because I do think there's that tough space where it's like, no, where they stand right now, any game they're going to make, it is literally like every direction, damned if you do, and damned if you don't. Like, it's like every signpost is like, hmm, there's damned if you do way, there's damned if you don't road, there's damned if you do uh, alley, there's damned if you don't circle drive. Like, I don't don't know. Um, I'm running out of road names. But it's that kind of an idea that I feel like they, they are kind of stuck in that position. So it does give a lot of like, okay, so what's the least anger inducing move we can do? And unfortunately, I do think a lot of that comes to let's do as little as possible. Where even again, Arceus, it's like that Arceus is considered a big step for them is honestly kind of terrible. When you think <laughs> about it. Like Arceus, Arceus should have been how Sword and Shield was playing. Uh, but that's that's just where we are it's like that level of experimentation is worth applauding at this point and that is kind of yeah but all right joey how about you so there's something there's something i've had to come to terms with right and that's like pokemon is going to pokemon right i i have 
essentially been enjoying the franchise as like you know a uh like from the sidelines i'll i'll dabble in the occasional game right <clears throat> like i don't have legends arceus i don't have pokemon snap although that that does have my eye um i you know i don't get all of the games i don't have a lot of merchandise at all really um i'm just looking around just to make sure and yeah i do not there, there's like nothing on display i don't even think i have a pokemon amiibo actually now come to think I was of it gonna... I was going to ask, does your Shrine of Waifus even include a single uh, trainer from the franchise? <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. No nope. Officer Jenny in that lineup? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Officer Jenny could get it, though. Anyway. Um... <laughs> I should. I only have myself to blame. <laughs> uh, but, you know... I, I I've had to come to terms with the fact that at the end of the day, um, I I enjoy some of the games, but I I have gone in, and this is as of you know I, I want to say Pokemon X and Y right. Um, I have come to the realization that these these games, while I may enjoy them, they're not for me, um, and I think. They're they're specifically not geared towards me. I, you know, I'm. I guess you can call me a hardcore gamer. I like I play a ton, a ton of video games. Um, the, the there's very few genres that I don't play, right? Um, so but there are people that enjoy only Pokemon. That like that's what they're gonna get, or they're they're a kid and you know it, it's this is gonna be their first RPG. That was the case for me when I was in elementary school. Um, Pokemon was the first RPG I ever owned. Um, I think I played Super Mario RPG very briefly. I, I think I played it, but I never, I never owned it. Um, so, you know, I, I've had to come to terms with that. So if I, if I ever pick up a game and I end up enjoying it, I'm happy. So the first time that ever really happened was Sword and Shield. Um, and that's when I was like, uh, you know, this, this, this actually kind of sucks. Um, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but eh. so I'm, but I'm okay with that because again, it's, it's not for me. I think a lot of the people that are hardcore Pokemon fans, just, they, they need to curb their fandom. They, they need to kind of just hang back and just understand that, you know, my guy, you're in your thirties. You're bitching about a baby game. You you need you need to really check yourself. <laughs> what if that is that little kid's just like Pokemon's his first role playing game? That is his first angry tweet, though. What is that? Is his first disappointment with hype? What is that? Is his Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven moment? He's twelve years old and he's on Twitter and he's having a Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven moment. <laughs> Ew. The game's still because he twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's good. Kirby. Oh, I keep saying Kirby. Wow, Pokemon. Kirby. Wow, yeah. I, I keep shouting different names. Wow, it's just time to go eat a car. It is time to go eat a car. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I think that is a good time to call it then. And look, we actually are well under two hours for a change. Hey. Um, am I the problem hey. or is Steve the problem? Oh. No. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's just because we we had a 
we had a very defined topic. Whereas like last time, what we were talking about uh, all like all the games that we enjoyed from last year, and then we spent twenty minutes on Metroid Dread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, game's kind it, of amazing. Just throw it. It's kind out of there. amazing. In fact, you know what, Misfit, you can leave. We're going to talk about Metroid Dread some more. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that is the close of the podcast. So um, I know you guys already said it after our Mario Kart stream, but because, again, this is also put on uh, iTunes and the audio-only format, um, where can people find you, Misfit? Well, well, a lot of places. So they can mainly find me. They could mainly find me on Twitter. Well, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash and a misfit wait for 10. I am so used to saying the other thing because of this, <laughs> the other thing. You can find me um, for, and I do a lot of VTubing stuff. I have a Twitter. I have two YouTube channels now one for when I do anime content um, for the anime misfit, and one, and a new one I made today misfit wait for 10, the YouTube channel. And I have TikTok now. I have a lot of things. So Misfit Waferton, uh, basically on, just go to a platform and type Misfit Waferton and see if you can find yeah. uh, our Misfit here. And of course, Mr. Joey, you've got your Twitch channel. Yes, sir. That's uh, twitch.tv slash airapparent310, H-E-I-R-A-P-P-A-R-E-N-T 310. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter doing that, but you don't need to follow me there. It's it's probably best that you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't control what he puts on there. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you you might you might see you might see avocado in some in in. You know, I was gonna say rare form, but it's not rare form. Let's be honest. <laughs> Air Let's unleashed. Be honest. That's how you should be. That's how you should advertise a Twitter. Um, <laughs> did you ever get banned on Facebook? Um, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. so. You- you you never accomplished that quest. You quested so hard for that ban. Um, I did, all... and, and you know I don't think it's ever going to happen. But it, it it would be really funny if I tried to get into the metaverse, and it's like you can't do this. You're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, um... I, I, I go to Facebook jail. Like I can't take off the Oculus. It's just grafted to my face. Oh no. Oh no. And I'm doomed to live in just obscurity and just darkness with a headset on. That is pain. That's like a Black Mirror episode. Oh man. But that's As I'm drinking metal tonight. beer solid. Metal beers. Jeez. That no, is that's a real thing. Metal I, beer every solid. time I try and close it, you say something else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, for real. That is the end of the podcast episode. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, for those that downloaded on iTunes and Google uh, Play, thanks for checking us out. www.ramblepack64.com has links to every the, all of the things that I do. So thanks for watching and have a good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night.